0: Hello, my name is Jake Kerr, this is The Black Ink Podcast, and this is episode number 32. Now, this is my third time attempting to record this, so hopefully everything goes to plan. Luckily, I only got a couple of minutes into the other two where I just, one of them I wasn't happy with my tone and all the rest, and the other one was like, I just fucking got to two and a half minutes in and just forgot what I was talking about, you know? So that's all good. We're back on track. I hope we're back on track. I haven't started talking about anything yet, you know? It's a, it's a weird thing about this podcast thing. And again, sorry, I'm, I'm not even the fucking 30 seconds in, I'm breaking the fourth wall here, but it's so, it's such a weird art form, you know? And like sitting here talking by myself, I get so caught up in like, it's not just like the idea that it's out there on the internet. Like I get so anxious about specific people listening to the podcast, like you got to remember, I'm making this essentially anyone from literally my grandma to someone that I have never met before. And when the spectrum is that wide, and also, like, I want you to fucking know what the flavor is. I want you to know what I'm feeling and where I'm coming from. So like I need to just put my neck to the breeze and kind of really just say what I feel and say what I think and see how it goes but at the same time you're like what the fuck am I saying and what am I talking about and is this interesting and because I'm essentially talking to myself in an empty room by you know in, in, in an empty room with my phone sitting in front of me I don't know if you're smiling as I make jokes or if you're going like yeah I fucking feel that or whatever and look don't get me wrong out of like all the people who stop me and say, hey, just so you know, I'm listening to your podcast, I took this away from it, or I enjoyed this, or whatever it might, any sort of criticism or feedback. Like, I really appreciate hearing that, and it's awesome. But it's so hard to actualize what that means when someone says like, hey, you you like, you inspired me to do this, or I really like listening to it, like I related to this part, whatever it was. It's so hard to translate that feeling of like being connected and bringing it to right now and just like the, the 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 thing that i find about it is like in this moment when i am in front of the camera i have to bet in favor of myself that whatever whatever i'm saying is actually interesting enough that whoever is watching or listening is taking it on board and like i understand you listening to this or watching this right now you're just going like yeah dude like i'm already listening to you i'm doing the thing but like i'm the person in that seat you know what i mean like i'm the one who's saying this and coming up with this on the fly and like I've only got two and a half minutes done which means that I've got 42 and a half minutes ahead of me that I have to be confident that everything that I say falls into place in that not only do I mean it and can I stand by it but it's also interesting and entertaining enough for you to continue listening to however much is left of it you know what I mean so it's a really interesting and like I first kind of grabbed on to how amazing this is and I know I've said this before in a past podcast but really think about this like when um what's his name chilling at 420 uh goes live on instagram and just smokes billies back to back to back to back when you go live on instagram that is just like you're literally watching like right now i watch the video of me in in the screen well i try not to i try to look at the camera so it doesn't just i don't do that psychopathic thing i was talking about in the fucking podcast before this where people just look at themselves when they're taking selfies and it's like dude you're looking at yourself you've got to look at the fucking camera you know what I mean? But when you're doing a live video on Instagram, that's essentially what you're doing is like, I've you, you have just what your camera sees and then you have all the chat of people saying things go past. And like, that's just, and like for us, like we're watching as if we're watching TV, like, oh yeah, this is all produced and put together and this person is showing me exactly what they want to show. But the thing is in real life, like when it's live, that person isn't showing you what they want to show you. They're showing you what just happens to be there in that moment. And... To think that he just gets absolutely fucking blasted away smoking Billy's back-to-back of the craziest strong weed you've ever heard of. And then gets on live and like his only feedback is that little chat. And realistically, that's just fucking fans going crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's just constant, just random fucking um, comments going up. And it's like, man, that is fucking wild to think that someone is that kind of um, fluid and flexible in the moment with not only the camera, but knowing themselves. See, this is the thing that I find like the muscle that I exercise when I do this particular activity, when I get on camera and I talk and I have these, all these opinions and emotions and thoughts and ideas that I kind of vocalize and turn into something for your brain to grab a hold of. The thing that I find the most is like, I have to actually, as I say, bet in favor of me. I have to rely on whatever information that is in my bank of like, right, sign, seal, delivered information. We can rely on that as, as facts. I have to just bet on that everything that I've stored in my brain to be true and to be accurate and to be like authentic and honest. So therefore when I bring up whatever topic it is and it comes to light, then you just kind of let it go. And you know, you can get 20 minutes in, you can get 40 minutes in and know that everything that you've said, even if you can't remember specifically what it is, is an accurate reflection of yourself. So I, I should probably like add in the bit of information that to get on camera and talk for 45 minutes is actually not that hard right? But the point is the audience that I'm trying to generate, they're like fans that I'm trying to get from this, are people that I want relating to what I feel, not just what I say. So in order to do that, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to be integral and stand by my words and have my words actually mean something, give them weight. It means that I have to pretty much spit truth every time I get on here and make sure that it's, something that I can stand behind. So if someone brings up something that I just brought up as a fucking side note in the street and say, oh, I heard you talk about this on your podcast. I don't need to know the reference of the exact part of the podcast that they're talking about. All I need is the reference of the information they're talking about and I can just talk about how I feel about it and it's automatically going to align with what I said on the podcast. So I think I'm realizing this as I say it out loud. This is my fucking open air therapy session, I guess. But I'm realizing this as I say it out loud is... Probably the hardest part of the podcast is being able to have that like have that time as a person thinking actualizing what you think putting what you know into categories and storing it away and then adding additional information that you've learned and you've fact checked on top of these like massive categories so you eventually get a nice accumulation of information, you have like a wealth of knowledge that you can pull from all the time and then also like the ability that I'm talking about, the, the skill, the muscle that I exercise doing this is being able to pull from those bits of information, cross-reference ideas and and verbalize it so that you can build these beautiful kind of, uh, you know, as I'm speaking, you imagine what I'm talking about in your mind, being able to create the sentences that is a catalyst for those things to happen in your mind. It's exciting, you know what I mean? But it's also, it's a skill, this is the thing. And like, I've had people say to me that the thing that I hear the most is that I've got it. Whatever it Whatever it is where you can just talk, whether it's to a person, to a camera, whether it's um, being able to come up with good captions and all the rest. I've got that thing. So realistically, just get on a camera and start talking. Yeah, very well and good. But it's being more than that. It's being like a fucking, and I'm not saying I am this. I'm saying this is the goal. Being a brilliant man who's got heaps of experience and heaps of uh, thoughts based off that experience and is brilliant men and that they want to teach and, and educate and give this information away and away and as I say that's not what I think I'm doing on this podcast what I'm doing on this podcast is probably just open air therapy it's getting all this shit that I have in my mind finally out into existence and being able to um what's the word being able to uh express all of these things that I've thought about and felt for a long time but sure, maybe one day in the future. I mean, I like the idea that as I'm talking about things, people are finding a point of relatability and finding comfort in themselves in their own life because they go, well, fuck, if not that Jake is anyone important, but if Jake is feeling that and I am feeling that, then I'm feel a little bit more human because there's a guy who I know is human, you know? But I think there is, there is a, there probably is a greater goal here. I mean, one of my one of my biggest idols, when I think about it, is Joe Rogan. It's not because he has taught me anything, but it's he has been the portal of information. In that the pe- whether it's through the people that he's interviewed or the way that he has um, given me a perception or perspective of particular things, um, and being able to like cross reference that into my life. So it's not necessarily that he's really smart; it's that he set heaps of examples for me to replicate and use in my own life. And I think, like even when people ask me what my podcast is about, it's like, it's really hard to fucking knock the nail on the head because I guess all I'm trying to do is have the conversations that I'm trying to have with people in real life. Like, I'm trying to find people that want to have these conversations that get crazy deep about whether they're massive ideas or silly cliche things and everything else in between. I'm trying to have that conversation, but with you. I'm kind of just not giving you the chance to respond, so I just keep going tangent to tangent to tangent to tangent. That's the fun part, you know? So, I guess with like, yeah, no, you know what? I'm going to bet in favor of myself. And in half, of, half of it is, half of my reason and half of what this podcast is, is to get my thoughts out and into the real world, right? Because I find that the thing about uh, social media, and I'm not sure if this is some, something that's regular for everyone. This is, might just be something that's kind of um, specific to myself, but I've got so much to express, Like I have a good tweet or something, a good Facebook status every fucking 10 minutes in my mind. You know what I mean? And the bullshit part is the ones that make it are the fucked ones, you know, the ones that I really fucking get behind and I appreciate and I feel like it's something that I, that like that's come from me. I always get like, I don't want to be seen as a guy who's trying to be deep. You know what I mean? You kind of need to have some sort of platform to stand on before you start saying deep shit. Otherwise you're just a dude saying deep shit, you know? So I don't want to be that guy. So the thing that I find is, and like, obviously with my mountains of creative writing that I've done in the past, one of my hobbies is writing letters to people, all these letters that I write to people, there is some sort of like long form entertainment that I have to give to the world that is in my mind. And whether it's just, um, repeating the experiences that I get verbally or through written word in a way that is attractive for people to listen to or consume or read very good, um, or whether it's the fact that like I can make these, like I get excited about the the idea of different ways I can market and advertise with the products that I sell in Black Ink. So it's like somewhere in there, there's this like want to express, this want to be artistic and this want to create things. So 50% of my podcast is probably just having that feeling and being able to like push it out into the world and like give myself 45 minutes a day where I can just talk freely and whether I have to come up with some sort of like, um, topic. Sorry, I'm getting crazy with my hands at the moment. I feel so. Um, you know. So, but um, yeah. It's like having that form of. Uh, I don't want to say form of expression because it almost sounds cliche. I feel like it's just this is like a room, and this room is a room that is like infinite, but it also has walls. And the room gets fuller the more that I speak. And the more that I give to this room, the more the walls fill out and fill out and fill out and fill out. But the point is the room is infinite. So I can continue coming on here. I can do 45 minutes of information that I spit out into the world or ideas or thoughts. Or I can give an hour. Or I can give two hours. Or I can give five hours. I can record 24 hours a day for the rest of my life. And this room will always have space for me. But the point is that this is my room and that I'm putting my information into it. And it's a freedom, you know what I mean? There is no rules here. And the fact that you can post it on YouTube and the only time YouTube are going to pull you down is if you get fucking real crazy or political or whatever with it, which doesn't, it's not really my thing anyway. So that's all good. So it's like within this, I just get to do whatever the fuck I want, you know? And the more that I do whatever the fuck I want, the more I'm going to get just the audience who's interested in me. So I'm not gonna pretend that I'm some super cool guy doing this crazy shit or all the rest. Like, no, 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 I just lived in a caravan and I just moved into an average house in an all right part of town that's, you know, you know, know, like that's all I am, a dude running a business. And it's like, if I can just be as transparent and honest and authentic with this message that I bring every time to this podcast, then I'm only gonna get the people who are interested in that message, you know? And then that all trickles back to, you know, essentially building the life that you wanna live. You know which sounds crazy saying it out loud but i feel like a lot of people aren't building the life that they want to live before i get onto that building the life they want to live if i forget that can you remind me i should write it down building the life they want to live people don't build the life they want to live guaranteed that still need a handwriting than you anyway it's not but um The fuck yeah. The other fifty percent of like having a podcast is like this is the podcast I want to listen to. You know what I mean? Like it's simply like if I wanted to listen to someone in a room by themselves talking, someone that isn't famous or someone that isn't noteworthy or all the rest, but it's still a good quality podcast, this is what I want to listen to. You know, I'm creating the content that I want to see more of in the world. I'm not trying to fucking, you know, make boomerangs or I'm not trying to sew dresses together. I'm not trying to create music. I'm not trying to do a lot of things. The thing I'm trying to do is replicate the thing that I want to see more of in the world. It's easy to get passionate about. It's easy for me, for me to know what direction to take even when there is no direction because all I am doing is staying true to the things that I like. And it's all I do as far as the clothes that I make. You know what I mean? Like the clothes that I make essentially the clothes that I want to see more of in the world. They're what I want to see more of in my own, in my own closet. When I come up with a new t-shirt design, the thing that I have in mind is, what do I think is fashionable next? What is the angle that I want Black Ink to take next? Because that's the thing that I'm going to be wearing. So by making this podcast, you know, the, out of that, you know, obviously 50% is for that expression. And the other 50% is just like making something for people that is the thing that I want if I was to consume. right? And this does tie into that teaching and educating and sharing uh, part of it where it's like I don't at all want to say that this is something you should watch for for inspiration or you should watch it to learn anything or you should listen to it to get any richer in any particular topic but as a byproduct of listening to it I love the idea that you'll be able to take something away that not only applies to your life and applies to you but something you can practically use right so whether it is talking about my weird relationship with, with my like semi-religious lifestyle or it might be how <clears throat> how I've dealt with addiction in the past when it comes to nicotine and other narcotics and things like that. You know, it's like giving you something or even if it's talking about small business, if it's it's talking about the struggle of being a man, if it's a struggle of being alive in fucking 2021, as long as there's like something there where you go like, hmm, you know, and it might not even be something that you learn from. It might just be something that you use as a comparative tool to your thoughts and it, it might help you double down on your ideas even better. It's fucking great. You know what I mean? It's just giving something to the world that is of value that's really important. That's a value and something that I'm giving to the world that if I were you, I would want to watch. You know? But there's a bit of my... Look, I know it's a question you didn't ask, but there's a bit of my purpose for making this podcast. And that's like kind of the direction that I take for... I get, a lot of, I get a lot of people saying what they would like to see and hear in the podcast. And it's interesting when people give you the criticism that you asked for, but you never wanted. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'd really like to hear more about this, this, and this. And you go, fuck man. you're already putting this Black Ink podcast into a category of your own, but then also it's like realizing that if someone, if you feel like someone's putting it into a category of their own, there is something in there where you've already put it into a category for them to take it out of, you know? So it's interesting to have that criti- that that feedback, not criticism, just like people saying like, oh, I see the podcast heading in this direction or "Or I like this one particular part of it that I only did as fucking, to get me through like five minutes of not knowing what to say, you know? So I think it's interesting like, as I say, there is no real path that I'm trying to take with Black Ink and there's the, the podcast. And there's no, like, direct outcome that I want out of the podcast other than at some point being able to monetize it. You know, one of many ways you can do that. I'm not even necessarily meaning to put ads on it, but just, like, being able to turn this into another income stream, you know? So, look, let's go back to this thing that I wrote down. People don't build... I said this was Neda's not neither people don't build the life they want to live yeah yeah so let me think about how I'm going to put this I've essentially already talked about it but it's interesting you know when 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 okay we'll use the example of the podcast so when when I make the podcast obviously like this is difficult right now. I'm on episode 32. It's getting easier, but there is no denying in talking for 45 minutes is super difficult, having continuous things to talk about. But the thing that I do know is, like, the one thing that I'm very, very sure of is there are certain things in this life that are, you know, very specific to 2021 and, like, so very specific to the 21st century and what we're experiencing right now. There is almost a fucking a 95 99 somewhere between that percent guarantee that this will turn into something if I keep doing it you know and i look at this as see this this is a thing let's talk a little bit about what the experience of being a small business owner is because it's something that i talk about a lot um, there is no right and wrong answer, as we've spoken about before, as to what you should be doing. There are more correct answers and less correct answers, but there is no flat out wrong thing, unless you're just simply not doing anything for your business, you know? Like if you're just not doing anything at all, that is a wrong thing. But even if you're doing small, unimportant things, it's still doing something for your business so you're always moving forward. So justifying this decision where I spend 45 minutes a day doing this with absolutely no return, probably for the first couple years that I do it, and I'm talking about doing it every day, you have to think to yourself like well how do i justify this this is when you go now this is the thing about small business as well i feel like people get themselves to a point where they start a small business or they buy a small business and it gets to a point where it's making enough money that they they kind of it's making enough money as is the highest point of their financial ceiling in their mind right so some people they get a business and they're making a hundred thousand dollars a year for them profit and they go that's great i make a hundred thousand dollars a year Comfortable, you know, and you might go for like doing $150,000 a year or $120,000 a year, but you don't have this five year plan where you're trying to make a million dollar a year, you know, and I feel like there's something in there where people go, they, they're so busy in the like, just getting to keeping the ship floating They get so busy and just keeping the ship floating. So it sinks, 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 sinks right down to the top level because of all that debt. And all they want to do is bring, get rid of that debt so the the, the boat can come back up and be at fucking the normal level. They never think about trying to get the boat completely out of the water. I know it's a difficult metaphor, just stay with me, right? In my mind, Like right now, while I have no money to do the things that I want to do and I can't buy the things that I want to buy and I'm buying my fucking jumpers at Salvo's because they're fucking 30 something dollars, you know what I mean? I would rather choose right now the life that I want to be living in five years and work towards that. Right Now I've got the added benefit that I actually started a business doing things that I actually fucking like doing, that I can cross into my social life and cross back into business life and there is no difference between the two, which means that I'm in a really peculiar situation where I can kind of direct which way I want this to go in that if I keep just doing the things that I want to be doing and that I enjoy doing, as long as I find those logistical ways to monetize it, then hopefully my whole lifestyle from here on out is just going to be doing things that I like doing and getting paid to do it, right? so. Even in this, like, the difficulty of, like, all the anxieties, I guess, that I spoke of of recording this podcast and what it means and what it involves, it's still like, yeah, dude, but get good at this. And then when this is something that, like, you've actually got a reason to be doing it, not only are you going to be really good at it, you're going to be enjoying it. It's going to be a part of your day that you're excited to do. And the reality is, if you had a job to do, like a job job, a 12 hours a day, six days a week, whatever it might be job guaranteed there's more than 45 minutes in that day that you don't enjoy doing, you know? This is how it is. So even if you imagine this is a scrubbing toilets part of your day, for me, metaphorically in my mind, talking about recording the podcast, which it isn't, I'm just saying, even if this is the, the most difficult part of the day that I don't look forward to, dude, it's all good. You're meant to have parts of the day that you don't like. That makes the good parts of the day better, you know? So, look, my sister fucking... I just, I hate the idea that I could have potentially taken a few few different um, zigs instead of zags in my path and ended up being 28, still working a job that I didn't like doing just because it meant that I could have like every second weekend off or, you know. And uh, this is the thing, like I was, I was looking at a mate's fucking Instagram page last night and it showed a picture of him on fly out day. He works two-in-ones, makes huge amounts of money, like super impressive, very proud that I've got friends that make insane amounts of money it's awesome to think that like that's real you know but he posted a picture on flight and he's like what a feeling i thought yeah what a feeling i have felt like that before you know what i mean like i've been getting on the plane to go and have a week off and had like six thousand dollars to spend that was just spare you know at that point in my life i had you know like a personal loan and some other shit going on but essentially like i've made all the minimum repayments on those so i was like right Just got six grand in my account, you know? Could have fucking wiped off one of those personal loans of what I had in my account and then started working towards my car loan, which probably only had about three times that in it as well. But no, no, I just had fucking money to spend, but I was so excited, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't just the prospect of like having five days off and $6,000 to spend and who knows what you're going to get up to in that time. You're probably like, no way you're going to spend all that money, but you're definitely going to spend a chunk of it, you know, comfortably, fun, exciting, young, you know? And... It's not just the idea that you have those five days off and you have that money. It's that in two weeks time, I get this experience again of sitting on the plane, excited, get to fly out. I've got a week off, you know what I mean? But then the crazy thing is like, I feel like the bad things in life are worth, I don't know the maths on this. So just, let me figure this out. I feel like the good things in life and the bad things in life, it's like, The good things have to be worth 200% of the bad things to outweigh the feelings that come with the bad things. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if you have a really bad relationship for one year, you kind of need two years mentally to recover from it. You know, if you work for one week straight 12 hours a day, seven days in a row, then you need two weeks to recover from that. Not just like getting your sleep back and all that, but I mean like spiritually, like emotionally where you get to a point where you've like, ah, I actually wanna go back to work, which is a wild thing. We've spoken a bit before in the past about how to best adapt and approach these situations where you do have time off. And especially if you're self-employed, how to take that time off and how to appreciate it. And then once the job comes back around, how to get back into the job. What's really important is knowing, like, especially if you're an athlete or something, like, you're only as good as the recovery that you get. Like, your, the, your ability to do your job is based on, like, your ability is only as good as your enthusiasm, and your enthusiasm is directly related to the fueling system, which is your, which is, like, the energy that you carry into it from recovering. You know, So I feel like it's really hard to get enthusiastic to wake up for the 20th day straight at 2.30 in the morning. Therefore, I give myself every fifth, sixth or seventh day. It's like, have a morning off, appreciate it, enjoy it, embellish it, take it in. You know what I mean? So it's one of those like, okay, yeah, cool. So when, you know, if I work week on, week off and I get paid heaps of money, it means that every two weeks I get this experience of getting on a plane and flying out and having all that. But the problem is... After one day, you start thinking like, because it's it's eight and six, which means you don't even get a week off. So you go like, fuck, I've only got five days left, which is your standard working week, five days. So then you probably get two more days of like grace. And then those last three days, all you're thinking about is flying out because you're, oh, I've got two days, oh, I've got one day. And then that one day, you're trying to make it actually worth something because you've only got that one day. And then the next day, it's two o'clock in the morning, you're driving up to Perth and you're fucking flying out. And there's something there that, It just feels right that if I work for a week, I need two weeks off, especially if it's a week back to back, flat out straight. But those numbers are absurd. No one is going to give you that. You know what I mean? The point that I'm making is you're not meant to have that time. There's a realization about that time, right? There's something that a greater infinite intelligence knows about keeping you tired, right? And this, I'm not saying that there's powers that be that keep us at bay, but what I am saying is there are definitely ways of keeping employees, contractors, whatever you want to call them, there is a way of keeping people who you are trying to get work done doing work. And that is to make them think that there is nothing else but the task. And as long as you trick them into thinking that your task is the ultimate task, then those people will work until their fucking bones protrude out of their hands to make sure that the job is done, even if they have no greater like even if they have no like more significant payoff that if they do or don't get the job done, they'll still do it because you, you have them in that kind of, and this sounds bizarre if you've got a job because if someone said this to me two years ago, it's like, bro, like, take the firm grip off your penis and stop talking because you're a loser. You know what I mean? But this is the thing, like now that I haven't had a job for so long and I had the thing that I like doing, I'm not bragging about, it. I'm saying my experience definitely is that like if I'm tired, I sleep. You know what I mean? There is no point doing anything for my job. There's no point doing anything for blacking. There's no point trying to make a decision or trying to learn anything or try and get better or try and get sleeker, faster, agile. All you're going to do is push it sideways until you do sleep. And the problem is the longer that you put off sleep, the longer that sleep carries over. So if I have a bad sleep on Monday and then I just consistently get my seven hours, eight hours, seven hours, I'll still feel that on Friday. But if I have a bad sleep on Monday and then have a sleep Monday afternoon and then get my seven, eight, seven, seven, whatever until Friday, I can feel that I've carried that little bit of extra sleep that I needed. And this is a problem. People are running behind, not like one or two hours, they're running like hundreds and thousands of hours behind. So now people are at a point where like, I'll give you an example. You know that chick that manages the cafe where you go to all the time, wherever that may be. And like, you know that she goes home and talks about the cafe. She goes home and talks about the politics and what the boss did and, and this customer said this and that, you know what I mean? Like that chick doesn't realize that you just manage a cafe, right? Your boss doesn't go home and start talking about like, oh, the manager did this and the manager did that. A good boss just goes home, has a business that manages itself because they pay someone to manage it, which is you, you know, They don't emotionally take on like uh, nothing other than the end of the day numbers. They don't emotionally take on anything because at the end of the day, it's a business, and all of the like cute cliche kind of emotional, all the really like what do you call it when you go into a cafe? All the all the touchy feely stuff that is for the experience of the customer. Don't kid yourself for a second that it's a cute little community and all the rest. It might be a community, it's a faux community built around making money for one person, right? And the thing that the manager uh, like always seems to realize is if you're stressing yourself out about things not getting done and like you're all fucking on, you're walking around and you've got that fake smile like, hey, how you going? But everyone knows you're actually in a kind of a mood. The only person that that is doing any damage to is you. And the only thing that that helps is nothing. You know? you're, you're taking on all this responsibility of all these things around you. And look, the, the bigger point that I'm making here is it's super easy to see these things when you're separated from it. Super easy to see these things when you're not tied into the fucking, the realm of like, this has less to do about when I get to sleep tonight and more to do about making sure that I'm at work on time tomorrow, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, say you need... Fuck, I'm not going to be able to do math on the spot, whatever, however many hours you need per week, say it's X is how many hours you need per week. If you're only getting 70% of X and it's at the cost of doing your job, it's super easy to fall into the trap of like, obviously everything around you is fueling your job. This is the thing you get a job and then you buy a car to get you to the job and then you get a house so that it can, you know, house you while you have a job. So you get a job to service your life. But the real 21st century dilemma is that we have our like lives to service our job, you know, and like maybe I've got a bit too fucking far off the track here. The point that I'm making is like when I the thing that I take away from having my business is like that supreme control over like right sleep is really important. And like, the more that I monitor myself and understand myself and ask myself, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling like this? What have all the contributing factors that got me to this point of feeling like this? Are they cross-referenceable to other times in my, you know, in the medium term, maybe like within the past month where i have like, oh, I've woken up feeling like shit with like gloop at the back of my throat for the past like three or four mornings. What's the thing that I've done different? Oh, I'm smoking J super late at night. That might be it. So I might knock that off, say 6 p.m. is my cutoff time, even if I smoke heaps at 6 and then stop, then let's wake up tomorrow morning and see how my throat... Okay, my throat doesn't feel like that, right, that's great. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, that doesn't tie directly into sleep, but it's just having that... that Your whole life is an experiment that you need to keep trying because you keep developing and changing, and your ideas of who you are and how you respond and what you do and all the rest, they keep changing. And obviously, me doing all these experiments, having these sorts... that This, like, constant kind of monitoring of myself all the time allows me to see that like, oh, there is some sort of fog. There is some sort of hood that is pulled over your head when you are in the workforce and especially like if you're 50 years old and you've been doing it your whole life, you're so far in the fog. You don't even know what light is anymore. You don't understand. And the crazy part is when you're in the fog and you're looking at someone who has the light, you can't recognize it. But the person with the light looking at you can hear it in the tone of your voice. They can hear it in the tone of your voice. That's fucking wild, you know? And the thing is, I did this because I made a decision. I did this because I'm 20-something years old, have no dependencies, and if I didn't do it now, I probably never would. And the difference between me and you is just a decision. Just a decision. Today's the day. Why not? Why not? If I start hurting today, it gets me closer to the day that I stop hurting, you know? And then you get so akin to hurting that you kind of even don't want the day where you stop hurting to come around because you just find that hurt, there's something so nice about hurting. There's something so nice about being uncomfortable. There's something so nice about not being in that guild of fucking only getting six hours of sleep a night because you've got a job and a social life, you know? How interesting. I didn't even fucking round that point off. I just got all egotistical and made it about me at the end, you know? (laughs) Fucking stupid. But... Hey, anyone can start sculpting the lifestyle they want to live. And this is the thing. Like, you remember that thing I said where um, I think it was, you know, if you do four years of uni, people are like, oh, I don't want to do four years of uni because, you know, if I start now, I'm not going to be 32 until I finish. It's like, yeah, but you're still going to be four years older in four years. So you may as well do the thing that's going to fill that four years with the thing that you want to come out of it with, you know? People go like, you know, it's fucking yeah, it'd be nice. You know, I'd, I really want to start my own business or I really want to do this thing, right, right. And you're like, yeah, cool. So start today. It's like, yeah, but it'll take ages, right, right. Well, unless you plan on dying between now and when, you know, say if you, this is the thing, like you go, right, if I'm 28 now in 10 years time, I'm going to be 38. I would like to, and if I didn't have black ink, it's like, oh, I would, I would like black ink to look kind of like this. And you go, well, why don't you go start doing black ink right now? So it does look like that. I don't want to. Were you going to die between now and 38? No, I hope not. So why the fuck wouldn't you go start doing the thing that you want to do now, you know, regardless of the fact of however old you're going to be in however many years, just go do it. Just go do it, you know? So fucking crazy, you know what I mean? The, the reality is, is like people don't only do this with like aspirations as far as like careers and business opportunities and even hobbies and shit. People will stay in fucked relationships because they're comfortable. Right. Let me say that again. People will say in stay in a damaging fucked relationship because the thought of the discomfort if they were to leave it—not even from that person, but just being being out in the world by themselves, having to make decisions about what they're going to eat by themselves, you know, having to fucking sleep by themselves for the third and fourth and fifth month in a row, you know, not being fucking. Not having their ideas soundboarded, or not having the dinner made for them or not making the dinner for someone, or not feeling like someone relies on them, people would rather stick to a damaging situation where they know the devil that is fucking serving them the evil that they don 't like rather than fucking go out there by themselves and just, and this is a thing like essentially this business this black ink thing is just going out into the world by myself i 'm going into the commerce world or the business world or the fucking the cringe word the entrepreneur world by myself but still man like it's still better than sticking with that damaging relationship of having a job that I know I am just a number you know what I mean like when I call up and say oh I'm having a sick day or whatever like with the job that I had that went to HR and HR just goes like whatever my eight digit number was sick day they don't go they don't even write Jake Kerr you know what I mean because they might mix you up with one of the other you know, initial JKs in the company. That's how many fucking people there are. You were just a number. So therefore, like, great example, I, I work four days, four nights, four off. You're like, how? you're giving two thirds of your life force away to something that considers you to be a number, you know, and hey. I can play devil's advocate. You want me to say, yeah, sure, but they have to categorize you some way. And obviously given the absolute nature of capitalism and commerce itself, there is always going to be in time companies that grow to a certain scale where they have to number their employees because they have so many, because they give so many people such great job opportunities to make money and create a life for themselves. But also just because that exists doesn't mean that you have to participate. See what I did there? A flip flop on my opinions. I said one thing and then I played devil's advocate, then I came back and just twisted the nuts on it because I don't fucking care, you know? I don't care. But man, I was going to make this whole podcast about my uh, tattoos, but I I don't know about you. It's a pretty fucking cringeworthy uh, topic. And also like everyone has tattoos now, you know? I feel like the reason, put it this way, the reason I wanted to get tattoos is because my dad had tattoos. My my dad's ridden Harleys and fucking been covered in tattoos for as long as I can remember. You know what I mean? I didn't have a choice. I was always going to ride Harley's. I was always going to get tattoos. It was never going to be like a case of like, oh, are you going to get tattoos? It's like, oh, what's your first tattoo going to be? You know? And there's something about that because I mean, the thing that I've come to realize, and I don't, I, I hate the idea of getting too nitty picky about my, um, like, my very close family because I don't have any brothers or sisters, blood related. Um, so it is just me, mum and dad, as far as my family's concerned, I don't like getting too personal and specific about it other than things that I know, you know, mum will enjoy listening, but one thing, one thing, and I, and I'll footnote this with something important. Like I've been through dad and I have had enough conversations where I feel like I've been through the, uh, we've had enough happen where I feel like we can actually know each other as two humans. You know, like if we hadn't been related through blood and experience of like having like life together then I feel like he is still someone that I would spend a considerable amount of time talking to or being around or appreciating and in that I find that I have a very logical opinion in that I feel lucky that he is my dad I feel lucky that I get someone like that as my dad and obviously like super super unique you know like I I mean if anyone who knows my dad it's one of those things you know that like I mean, if you lined him up in a group of 10 people, guarantee the other nine people don't look like him. He's just an interesting character, interesting looking person, a brilliant mind behind him. And like heaps, like such a generous person and such a forgiving person that he's just, he's really interesting, you know? And... And I mean, look, he's interesting. He definitely has his um, flaws, you know, as we all do. And the crazy part about his flaws is they're, they're just fucking my flaws. You know what I mean? All the things that I don't like about myself are typically the things that I hate in him the most only because I'm seeing myself expressed through him. There's a lesson in that, but that's another podcast. There's something about... Like, I remember going to, like, school assemblies and shit and people's dads and all that would be showing up and they're wearing, like, pants with belts and, like, button-up shirts and shit. Like, my dad wore skinny black jeans and a work shirt, tucked in with a belt, mind you, every day that I can remember. You know what I mean? Like, he was the tidiest blue-collar person you've ever seen, the hardest worker. And, like, everyone says this about their old man, but sorry to tell you this, I'm right, you're wrong. My dad's definitely tougher than yours, you know? But... He was just a man's man, almost to a point where like he didn't he was he didn't do the like he was he was never at my sporting shit or my schooling shit. It is what it is, you know what I mean? Like you can say that's bad, you can say it is what it it is what it is. He I always had the flyer shit at those events. I always went to the best schools. I always went to the to the fucking every competition I wanted to go to. I had all the equipment that I had that I wanted, and that's because Dad's a motherfucker and he works. You know what I mean? Like he's real. So I would look at these dudes. Um, these these, pa- these kids parents at assemblies and look at the dads and think like like your dad looks like he doesn't have like any tattoos and has never ridden a motorbike you know and they would be like why would my dad have ridden a motorbike so it's interesting to have this like I've definitely at you know probably about this time last year I was going through a bit of a uh, I'm not sure if like probably just like a character identity crisis you could call it like trying to figure out like how did I end up being this person who's covered in tattoos and like has so much business ambition and is interested in these really particular brand of motorbikes and you know like there was heaps of questions like that that I, had, that I was trying to answer and obviously like a lot of the answers are you your father's son you know like for some reason I hate loud noises but I fucking love a Harley Davidson you know like I'm, I, I lean out of um, situations where I'm uncomfortable but I'm real happy to go get a tattoo anywhere at any time of the day for any reason you know so it's just such an interesting it's an interesting concept to like that question of like why did I even start getting tattooed it's definitely because like I'm my father's son and you know anyone who's had a near reasonable up uh, not near reasonable anybody who has had that time with their father and like created a friendship beyond just a father and son relationship you can really like understand that like here's oh, my superhero I'm just trying to impress him with everything that I do I'm trying to impress him I'm waiting for the day that he looks at black ink and goes like holy fuck, like my son has a hell good business, you know? And like, look, hey, I may never get to that day. That's all good. That's a whole fucking, I mean, that's the thing about growing up as you realize that that's the thing that keeps you hungry is actually not giving as much feedback as you think necessary. And what you think is important when you're the person receiving the feedback, it's more important to have that person remain hungry and remain on that scent rather than have them think that the race is finished. Because when they think the race is finished, they stop recording podcasts and have a four-day hiatus for some reason. And that's how the fuck we got here. You know what I mean? But that first tattoo of mine that I got, I remember I was 16 and my friend got his first tattoo at some fucking backyard job. Anyway, I said to dad, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my my first tattoo. And um, yeah, I mean, it's all booked in. And you know, this dude's pretty good. He did my mate's tattoo. And now I look back at that tattoo of my mate. I'm like, oh my God, dude, you can't fucking... You got to be joking. You cannot like... If I had got a tattoo off that dude, I would have fucking... Dude, I've got like a whole sleeve that I don't like. But man, that would have hurt me more than the whole sleeve that I don't like. Getting a tattoo by that dude. Dad's like, look, you're not getting a tattoo by that fucking Winyan. I'll book you in with my tattooist and you can go get a tattoo off him. When we go there, you just say you're 18, it's all good. I'm not going to fucking... I don't think this dude even tattoos anymore. But anyway, dad had got like, you know, just fucking heaps of shit done by this guy. So anyway, we go out there, he's an old bloke and it's just him in his own shop. Anyway, he fucking... I remember as I walked in, he goes like, oh, he looked me up and down. I've always been quite tall since I was about 15. He looked me up and down, young, clean-skinned Jake at 16. And he goes, fucking hell. How old are you? I said, oh, I just fucking turn 18. He goes, yeah, right, 18, sit in the chair. And no shit, that's exactly how it went. And he, uh, because... I uh, I given him a, an idea of what I wanted, but he wanted to know like what size I was going for on my back and all the rest. So he was sitting sitting me down and like this is how fucking like not old school, but this is just how like legit tattoo studio this is. It was just him um, in this little fucking alleyway tattoo studio. He's got a chair out the front. <coughs> him and his mates smoke cigarettes in. Then he's got three options for you to sit, lay, or stand or whatever on out the back. And the one that I got to get a back piece was just your standard like L-shaped chair with the legs turned around, hanging over the chair like this, get my back done. Like, man, if you were getting your back done anywhere else, they lay you down, get you comfortable. Because obviously it's your back. No, those first three sessions it all last like three, four hours, whatever they were, we're just hanging over that fucking chair, just like this, get my back done old school with him fucking leaning over with the glasses on and every now and then you could see him talking to you and he wasn't even looking in the mirror and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. So here's your old man going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just always shit like that. But um, yeah, ended up getting my fucking first tattoo, which is my surname, classic, with a koi fish swimming behind it, another classic, um, on the top of my back. And uh, he went on to actually finish like all of my back and then I got my back touched up by a friend after that, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, just um, super interesting how I ended up getting my first tattoo at 16 in a tattoo shop. Literally, I was getting tattoos because my dad was tattooed and then when he found it, I was getting it done, He's like, well, I'm not having you getting a fucking home job for your first tattoo, so come here and rah, rah, rah. And obviously we're now over, I mean, what are we? 12 years down the track and I've got, oh, there might be people here that have only ever watched my podcast, so in a completely non-fucking bragging way, I'm just going to quickly go through some tattoos that I've got. I've got like the side of my head, back of my head, back of my neck, all of my back, two thirds of my front, all my left arm, some of my right arm, mostly here and under there. Obviously my hands done. I've got um, both my ass done. I've got most of my left leg done. I don't have either of my knees done. I have my left knee ditch done. I have both the tops of my feet done. Um, but yeah, my right leg is pretty much, except for my ass is completely free, which is pretty cool. But I'm, um, Wait, is it? Yeah, it is. So now, I mean, 12 12 years later and fucking... I would say say confidently like half of my body is tattooed. Because it's one of those things you look at it and you're like, oh no, like probably two-thirds. But there's heaps of skin you don't realize. Like your armpits are like almost a dinner plate worth of fucking tattoo space that only absolute savages get tattooed. Which obviously I'll get tattooed in time. You know what I mean? I've had to take a massive break because of this starting a business thing which means you don't have a spare... 500 to a thousand dollars to spend on getting fucking tattooed that's all good that's all good but yeah and, and what's interesting about it is i felt like i was getting tattooed kind of like still before it was cool to get tattooed you know what i mean like i feel like When I was getting tattooed, the way I was getting tattooed as well, where you go in and you're like, I want to get a sleeve, or I want to get my back done, or I want to get my front done, or I want the back of my head done. You weren't just getting like a fucking, some bullshit shit on the top of your arm. It's like, oh, I want to get a lion with a crown on it. And then underneath, I want a banner that's got my mum's name. And then I also want my kid's date of birth, but I'll have to fucking message me ex-missus to find out what it is. You know what I mean? Those sorts of bullshit tattoos. So... Now, I mean, like, I've got heat. Uh, dude, now it's just like any every Tom, Dick, and Harry goes and gets, like, prison tattoos and shit. It's fucking wild, man. I remember when I was, like, twenty, twenty-one, and, like, I, I remember I had to... It was, like, a rule. I think Dad might have even said, like, you're not allowed to get your arms done until your back is done. You're not allowed to get your hands and your neck done until you have all your front, all your back, all your arms, which, obviously, I broke the rule because I don't have my fucking all of this arm done. But... Yeah, it's just like, I remember we all knew each other because it was like all the fucking tattooed boys in town. And it's like, it was funny because, like, it was funny because just like, you all, like, we all kind of hang out together. And if we didn't hang out together, like, we still knew the one or two other people that had tattoos but weren't, you know what I mean? That, like, you know, they weren't just a normal citizen. And now, it's like, You walk into a tattoo shop and there'll be a bloke in there that's fucking completely covered that you've never seen before you know what i mean and he got all of those done in the past six months that's a crazy thing people just go out and get fucking hectic amounts of tattoos and now they're just a tattooed person it's like someone who buys a harley at 30 something years old it's like bro i'm sorry to say but you're fucking you're almost too late you know what i mean and it's all good, like, come join the crew and all that. But, like, when it comes down to, like, talking about bikes and especially, like, handling and just the sort of conversation that you really need a good five years of experience under your belt to actually know what you're talking about, just shut the fuck up and listen, you know what I mean? And that's all good. We'll respect you more for shutting the fuck up and listening than we will you giving you two cents It's worth nothing. Hmm, interesting, hey? But, yeah, it's kind of, and, like, no disrespect to it because I mean I've got very close friends that have done this but people who go to Bali and get a whole sleeve in two days like I get it you know like I get it if you're going for an outcome you're going to get a very specific outcome you're going to get it it's fucking reliable it's on the nose bang 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 like I get it I fully do but also it's a bit disingenuine You know what I mean? It's a bit unintegral. I feel like there is something about, like, I owned three sportses before I bought a Dynaglide, before I bought a Softail. Like, I understood, like, I understood, and I know this is a fucking stupid reference, and if you understand what I just said compared to getting tattooed, you're going to be like, dude, what the fuck? But also, there's something cool about building up your collection of tattoos rather than just being someone who all of a sudden has a sleeve. You know what I mean? Like I've got so many different stories and all that behind my tattoos. And also none of my tattoos mean fucking anything other than I look cool with tattoos, right? Life is fleeting. This is going to be over in less than 80 years. And if you're not going to mark your body with something that makes you look cool, then what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I don't want to get it because of work. Get a cooler job. You know what I mean? Quite simply, get a cooler job. Your job sucks if you can't get the tattoo that you want to get, you know? And also if you can't do the drugs that you want to do because of your job, you got to get another job. You know, don't try and make it work. You just get another job. It's as easy as that. Oh yeah, but I can't earn the same money. No, you're just not solving the problem well enough. That's all it is. You just haven't thought long and hard enough about it and executed the right move yet. That's all that is. It's all good, but that's all it is. There's something about being, look, I've spent a long time disliking my tattoos because they weren't congruent. You know what I mean? Like I kind of wish I picked a theme and just got one person to tattoo me all over. And aesthetically, What a dream. Like, 100%. That would have been fucking awesome. But at the same time, like, I look at myself and I, uh, like, you know, because you always try and think of, like, how do other people see me? What's the character other people see me as? And I like to believe that there's almost, there's something about, like, just the random tattoos and all the bullshit and the long hair and the, like, that there being, like, two or three different themes as far as the sections of tattoos on my body go, that people will look at me and just go, it's fucking okay, you know, okay, I kind of like, I'm not being very descriptive of what I'm saying there, I just, there's something so cool about, you know, the same pair of jeans that you've worn a 100 times over, you know, you're putting them on for the 101st time, and you pull on the same shirt that you wore yesterday, and you wear the same gloves that you've been wearing forever, and you chuck on your Vans that have got holes in them and shit, and you know, you got your fucking... You know, I just I just like having that character that comes from somewhere. I don't like this idea of like, yep, I look like someone who's got the perfect white shoes, perfect black jeans, black jacket, new Simpson helmet on a fucking polished up fifty thousand dollar Harley and I'm a Harley rider, you know what I mean? I like the idea of having the fucking crappy Harley with the tattoos hanging out everywhere and just like old bastard pair of jeans off you I think that's cool, you know? Anyway, I've gone over my time and I probably went on a fucking tangent that's only relatable to like of my listeners so I'm sorry that I did that to you but here's what I need you to do if you're not already I need you to go like follow share subscribe all of my shit okay so that's Instagram Facebook YouTube TikTok more importantly YouTube subscribe please I think I've just hit over 40 subscribers My plan was to get one subscriber a day ongoing. I made that plan about fucking 100 days ago and I still only have 40 subscribers. So if you like my podcast, if you made it this far, please do me a favor. Tell someone about it. Make sure you're subscribed. If you really want to help me out, jump on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, subscribe on all of those as well because it does heaps for me. It gives me more analytics to play with. It's fucking... I'm just trying to do something. You know what I mean? You're following along. You know what's going on. If you've got this far into the podcast, it means you probably listened to all of them and you probably have heard all this before. So thank you. Ah, any messages that I need to talk about? Uh, that's it. I'm out. Yo!